It's getting close to Christmas time, and if you've got a turkey hunter in your family, make it easy on yourself and go check out Bloodline Custom Calls. Made right here in Louisiana, the Bloodline gang are some of the most hardcore turkey hunters you'll ever meet, which means these people know what a turkey call is supposed to sound like. And if you're looking for something like a cool hat, an extra comfy hoodie, they've got the best merchandise you'll find. BloodlineCustomCalls.com, Facebook and Instagram, Bloodline Custom Calls. I promise you're going to find something there that you like. This week with the Wise Eye has been a little slow. I'm not seeing a lot of rut activity, but what the Wise Eye helps me with is probably its strongest point. The graphs that break down the movement for me. That's right, this camera has an activity chart that shows the best day, the best wind direction and wind speed, if it was raining or if it were sunny when the most pictures were taken, the best lunar phase and even the barometric pressure. This camera takes all the guesswork out of trying to decide when the best time to hunt is. The information is just right there in front of you. You can find them at the Digital Outdoor Store on Facebook. You can find them on Amazon or in person at K&M Coffee, Corks, and Camo in Farmerville. Trust me, these cameras are the next generation of cell camera. Get in on the new technology now. The deer we're going to talk about today, guys, is super impressive. I was scoring deer at K&M Coffee, Corks, and Camo, and Joe Simmons walked in with this deer and the first words out of my mouth was, where did that deer come from? Their circumference measurements is what drew me to it first. Then I saw the, the main beam length. I knew that this animal was special. Not only did it come from right here in Louisiana, but it came from Lincoln Parish in North Louisiana, right next door to where I'm at in Union. I'm telling you, this deer is amazing. The story is even better. Do me a favor. Listen to this podcast all the way through please all the way through until it ends not till joe till the interview gets finished but until it ends i'm going to do my best to make this extra special for everybody joe and i we got on a road that was really emotional during this podcast i want you to listen to it and i'm telling you it's good it's really really good so give it a listen tell me what you think This deer right here is one that, man, when I saw it come in, I was fortunate enough to score this deer this past Thursday night at K&M Coffee Corks and Camo in Farmerville. We have a scoring contest where we score the local deer. And I had, I've had had a pile of out-of-state deer come in. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a lot of out-of-state deer. And when this deer came in, number one, I could tell it there was a good chance it was local because of the color. Out-of-state deer typically have a whiter uh, horn this one this dude is chocolate i mean it was like hershey's chocolate and then i asked joe simmons joe i said joe where where did that come from you said right here and I'm, I'm like you gotta be kidding me joe thank you for taking time to come on here and talk about your deer brother oh yes sir i i appreciate it i appreciate it show enough now joe you from p ridge louisiana yes sir tell us tell us first off where p ridge is P Ridge is uh, north of Ruston and and right outside of Dubot. You come up 33 and you can either hit uh, P Ridge Road or come up 822 and you'll be right smack in the middle of it. Don't blink or you'll miss it. No, that's right. No, you blink <laughs> and you'll be out. You'll be done up in Dubot or all the way to Farmville. Yeah. Now, P Ridge is a good spot. Let me tell y'all folks about the P Ridge people. P Ridge people are good country folk. They know everybody knows everybody. They're going to give you the shirt off their back. But I learned at an early age in high school, you don't get them riled up. <laughs> don't get them riled up. They'll, they'll fight you in a minute. The, the deer that you killed, brother, tell us about, first off, let's talk about you. I want to get a background on you. Tell me about your hunting, how you grew up hunting, and how you're hunting now. All right. Well, uh, shoot. Uh, I'm going to say shoot man ever since i was young you know my uh my daddy he hunted and and fished and whatnot and uh 
I don't know. I I got to be. I think I killed my first deer maybe when I was 13, 12 or no, no. Hold on, let me think now. Eleven years old, and uh, at this point in time, uh, Daddy really didn't lease no land around here to hunt, you know. And uh, actually had a uh, a man out of the community, which he ain't much older than me. I looked at him when I was young to be a a man, but he wasn't maybe ten years older than me. And uh, it was actually Josh Jenkins. He lives down in Alexandria. Well, anyway, he's like uh, him and Daddy was good friends. He knew uh daddy from working up there at mckinney's and whatnot and he told me he's like hey uh i want to take your boy hunting and whatnot and uh so we went hunting right here in pea ridge and sure enough six point come out well i was nerved up you know didn't know think what was going going to happen and he was good piece out there and i was like man ain't no way i'm gonna hit this deer i ain't never even shot at a deer yet you know and uh so i shot anyway long story short we didn't find it well uh the next year you know i was still i was itching i was trying to kill my first deer well daddy talked to a a local man out here in Pea ridge that has a bunch of pasture land and uh talked to him and said hey would you mind if me and my boy hunt the edge of your pasture and um he said no tommy go on go on do what you want to do you know and that man there is, is uh jim frazier and uh that's where i killed my first deer it was a a big old doe stepped out down there in the edge of that field and uh that was my first deer shot her down there about 200 yards now i uh, want you to i want you to do something real quick for me mm -hmm. i want you to tell folks who your daddy was all right uh my daddy was tommy simmons Worked up there. Well, she's had a bunch of jobs, but most folks know him from either the Bell South Phone Company and uh, McKinney Honda up there, the bow man at McKinney Honda. Mr. Tommy was the bow guy. One of the first bow guys that I ever, you know, I knew about Richard and, and Michael over at Simmons. And I also, I spent a lot of time in Ruston. And so I got to meet and got to got to know a little bit of Mr. Tommy. And I'm gonna tell you, man, I was probably one of the best one of the best guys I knew and one of the best bow guys that I've ever known. I mean, the guy knew what he was doing that came down to archery. Oh yeah, yes, sir. He he was he was uh he had a lot of people, you know, that 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 wanted him to, you know, uh work on their bows. I mean, you know, a lot of, I mean, I've talked to so many folks after he passed away and uh it was like, man, I'm telling you, man, we, you know, we always took our bows up there just so your daddy could work on them. Cause you know, he knew what he was, you know, knew what he was doing. He'd been doing it for a long time. And, uh, and as cantankerous as he was, everybody loved him. You know, I mean, he just like anybody else might have a bad day or, you know, can't ever tell, but you know, for the most part, you know, everybody sure enough loved him. And that, that opened my eyes, you know, when all that happened a couple yeah. years ago a lot of respect for him everybody in the community should have a lot of respect and i know they do have a lot of respect for your dad i mean that like i said before you know us archery guys we're kind of we're kind of weird we don't just let anybody just touch our equipment you know that's right that's right yeah because uh, and and i was very uh confident if if, if i needed it worked on and mr tommy was going to work on it i that's knew right. it was in good hands i knew it was that's right hands. so so you killed your first deer. Now let's yep. move. How are you hunting after that? All right. So after that, I got old enough to where, you know, um, daddy and mama was letting me go hunting with my granddaddy, you know. And for the next, just say I was 10, 11 years old when I did, I killed that deer with my daddy. For the next five to six years until I started driving, you wasn't going to see me without my granddaddy or my granddaddy without me. Uh, me and him was going to the woods, squirrel hunting. We'd go deer hunting. We went down to the, they'd really see us most of the time anywhere between Shudrant there or Douglas and the Darbone Spillway. That was our hot spot. You know, we'd go down there, catch white perch, catch catfish. You catch whatever you wanted down there. So for the next five six years of my life it was me and my granddaddy deer hunting squirrel hunting just doing doing whatever there was for a young man to do then you know 
Yeah. And I tell you, man, there's a lot of us that had a similar experience with our grandparents. You know, it's just there's something about them old men. You know, they're number one, they're 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 old, so they're a lot more patient. You know, right. I know. 100%. My, my old man, I mean, he had patience, but he did. He still got a little, you know, wound up when something didn't go just right. But my grandfather, he just had that 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 way. I mean, it was just right. nothing was that big of a deal. And he just, and number two, one, I guess I would tell you, one of the biggest uh, things that I drew from my grandfather was woodsmanship skills. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, they they knew where the best feed trees were. They knew where the yep. fishing holes were. Uh, they knew their way around the woods. I mean, that was back before GPS, back before anything. I don't remember ever getting turned around in the woods with Papa, you know? Uh, and no, now, I'm telling you. Shoot, I'll get turned around in a minute, you know, if I ain't careful. Oh, it, they when you hunted or when I hunted with mine, and I'm sure everybody's this way, but it was the old school hunting the old school fishing when we went squirrel hunting before the leaves fell off the tree me and him would slip up them uh them hollers you know just them little you know nowadays there's more pine trees it seems like than oak so you just slipping up a creek bottom with some oak trees on it slip up in there sit on a log and you might sit there 10 15 minutes and i can promise you i done been ready to get up and he said no now just wait they coming and sure enough here in a minute you hear something in them trees and look up there it'd be might, might be four or five squirrels around you you know yep and as far as you know a fishing i mean my granddaddy he never he's never had a fish finder maybe he's had one on the newest boat that he did buy there before uh he passed away and all it did was show depth yeah you know and, he uh, was, they were the fish fishing. finder <laughs> uh, exactly yeah we we'd go down to them creeks down there blow it spillway boy and we'd ease up to them treetops and we'd tie off to it. He said, all right, now, we can put that thing down in that treetop now and, and just wait. I was like, all right. And naturally, I'd be hung up six, seven times before <laughs> I ever, ever get it down there. All of us were. And, hell, you know, and, uh, and here in a minute, he'd be pulling one out. And I'd look at him. I said, gosh, dog, man, what's happening? And I ain't lying to you one bit. He'd look at me. He said, you ain't holding your mouth right. Exactly. I, I mean, said, you could throw... You could throw right beside that old man, and he's going right. to catch the fish, and you won't. Yeah. I know. 100%. 100%. So you, you, you learned a lot from your grandfather. Yep. So how did it go after that? How did you handle it? How, how did you move on after that? Well, naturally, when I started driving, you know, I, 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 hate, I, hate, I hate it. I think about it all the time. But naturally, when I started driving – I started going to buddies' houses, and um, I think when I actually started driving, all, a bunch of my buddies was in a duck hunting. And uh, I, you know, I went duck hunting with them, you know, and it was good and it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't, you know, it didn't take a hope to me like deer hunting did, right? You know, and um, so, and I still went fishing here and there and yonder, and uh, but when I was probably. I don't know. A little bit before I started driving, my uh, my mom and daddy they was talking to some, you know, distant relatives that they had they you know keep in touch with or whatnot, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we've got some land here in uh, Lincoln Parish, and, um, and we ain't doing nothing with it. We don't do nothing with it or whatever. If y'all want to hunt it, we can go over and look at it and uh, and uh, see what y'all think." so we went in there and this ends up being the property that you know i killed this deer on well got over there and, and my daddy if anybody knew him whenever he does something he does it to the 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 top i mean he's a hundred and ten percent in anything he ever does so we looked at it and we're like yeah yeah it'd be good uh we'll, we'll hunt it and we signed the lease whatever and it wasn't long he had a uh a buddy that had a dozer and they said look you can do whatever with this land use it it's yours and so he uh went around that whole son of a gun with that dozer pushing out shooting lanes and spots for stands you know and and ever since i'm gonna say 14 15 years old that's where that has been my primary spot to deer hunt and in louisiana and that was my only spot to deer hunt basically until you know i started going off to kansas with jason and them 
Right. Right. You know, and uh, it, Daddy, I mean, like I said, he, we built feeders for over there. We always planted food plots. And for several years when we hunted there, he would, uh, he would try his best, you know, as far as he could to feed over there most of the year, even, at, you know, uh, in the off season, you know, to keep deer coming, you know, and, um, shoot. And he just, he showed me, you know, what it took to have a place that you can always go to and see deer. If you, you know, if you need it, if you're like, man, I just want to go see and watch some deer, you know, you just slip in there if, when everything's right, you know, you can always see you a couple deer, you know, in there on a hunt. Mm -hmm. And so he, he showed me, you know, he basically taught me my work ethic, really. You know, when you put your mind to something, you do it as best as you can and, you can reap the benefits afterwards, you know. Right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So you hunted here for a little while. Did you ever you ever kill anything mounted to much? Yeah. Uh, I, about seven years ago, I think, I killed in that. Uh, it ain't in the same deer stand because me and my daddy-in-law just built a new deer stand for, for this place this year. But the same spot within 10 or 15 yards of the same spot on the shooting lane i killed a 138 inch 10 point right there okay and that's uh, a, that's a that's getting on up there for that for our area you know you get oh, above yeah, for 100 sure. you get above 130 you know that's a bigger deer you know 140 yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a real good deer 150 that's plus right. that's a hammer you know that's right yep so, so you in that, in that good deer range for sure. Yeah, that's right. You know, when you shoot a deer like that, everybody's like, golly, man, that's a, that's a dang good deer. And, and, you know, go on about your business. You're like, man, Joe killed a good another day, you know, or so-and-so killed a good one, you know. How wide was it? That's what they'll ask you. How wide? That's yeah, a, we didn't know exactly. nothing about no score. We, how wide was it? You know? Oh and, yeah. Everybody wanted to know how wide and how tall and, yeah. and then, the old men, all they wanted to know is how much he weighed. Yeah, that's right. That's right, because that was where the you good know? stuff was right there, how, that's how, right. how much yeah. he weighed. That's right. So, all right, so you mentioned going to Kansas. Now, your brother-in-law, yeah. Jason Cooper, with Cooper Welding. Uh -huh. uh, that's right. You know, they're got listeners, Joe is, is tied in with the guys over at Bloodline, probably helps a little bit with Bloodline, Bloodline Custom Calls, you know, good friends of mine you know i considered them a sponsor of the podcast because they they helped me out a lot they're good guys and um jason cooper is unfortunately joe's <laughs> brother-in-law <laughs> that's right that's right hey i didn't tell you but before we scored your deer i was at work yep. and jason he sent me a text he said hey he said you need to tell joe all that running around with jason cooper's done paid off and that i done taught him everything that he was that he knows yeah. to kill his deer he said now pop it up now and i said okay so so he loves you i just want you to know he loves you <laughs> oh yeah he he wasn't he he didn't want he wasn't gonna let me take my glory all by myself he wanted me to share it with him oh absolutely man yeah absolutely <laughs> so when did y'all start going out when did you start going out to kansas with them um I will see it's 20 what is it 20 it's 2022 I don't know mm -hmm. so I guess it was uh I've been this year and then I went last year year before last is my first year okay okay yeah have you had any success in Kansas uh yes sir I uh um I got a show enough cool story about the first one I killed or I think it is in my mind um so the first year that we go, Jason's like, man, I want you to come, you know, this, that, and the other. It's going to be me, you, uh, Wes, and um, Mark Thetis. I said, all right, perfect. You know, I, I, I um, I'm ready. So we did our draw, and we drew. Well, that was, I guess that was 2020. Uh, 2020. And that January is when uh, my daddy passed away of that year. And so – um, we go up there and we do all our work, get all this stuff ready. And Jason, they had already been up there one year prior to me. And he said, man, I'm telling you, he said, I'm telling you, it ain't nothing like you've ever seen. It's just like big deer everywhere. I said, all right. So we go up there and we hunting and I'm seeing deer, you know, and, uh, um, it's just something I've never, I've never seen that many deer and that big a deer 
in the numbers, you know, as far as bucks at this time. And so I get on a stand and uh, I'm sitting in that stand and watching everything and, and, uh, thinking about daddy, you know, cause he loved bow hunting. I mean, Oh yeah. And if it, if he'd have had it his way, he, he, he'd, he'd have wanted me to bow hunt predominantly and not worry about a rifle, you know, but I get that rifle itch every once in a while, you know? Yes, sir. I know. But so I was sitting on that stand and sure enough, uh, uh, he ended up being 146 inch eight point come walking in. Well, I, I think I had killed one buck with my bow in Louisiana prior to this deer. And uh, so when he come in, you know, I shook up. And I was like, all right, boy, you're going to have to settle down or you won't hit an elephant at 20 yards if you get tore <laughs> up, yeah. you know. And so this deer's coming, and there's a feeder right there at 20. And uh, he gets behind a cedar bush, and I said, all right, I need to pull back. So I pulled back, and naturally, as luck would have it, he stopped. Instead of just coming on through, he stopped and started trying to win me. And I said, no. Cause I haven't up until then, I haven't had just the best of luck with a bow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always hit him in the shoulder or miss or whatever else. And, uh, I said, Lord, please, please help me hold this bow. Please. I ain't, I, I ain't gonna be able to hold it. And uh, I was standing up in that stand and, uh, I ain't lying to you. As soon as I said it, it's like, I felt, uh, my daddy reach around and grab like hold my left hand steady and grab a hold to the, my right hand when I was holding them strings. And up until that point, I'd done went to shaking. And when that happened, boy, it was like nothing else mattered. Like everything was just rock solid, you know? And soon as that, I mean, right as that happened, that deer walked out and put his head in that feeder. And I put that sucker right behind his shoulder and squeezed it off. And he, he went 60 yards and it was just, it was like, perfect shot i mean it just blood every you know it's just awesome deal and uh boy i got there and and everybody was tore up for me and, and i was like man y'all never believe it i said i'll tell you what had happened in that stand and i told him and man i i couldn't help it i was squalling oh i don't doubt all and you know and it gives me chills thinking about it now because i'm telling you the most realest feeling i've ever felt i can believe him that. grab a hold of that bow and uh that's something I'll never forget. Yeah. I like it, bro. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was rough on me there for a little while. I bet but, it uh, was. I, you know, mm. tears of joy, you know, no doubt. But when something like that happens, it just, it, 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 it'll touch you, you know, it'll touch you. And, and what it does, man, is it, it kind of lets us know, you know, that they are still with us. That's right. Know, and they're, 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 their memory and their their presence will always be around, you know. No matter, no matter the situation, they're always going to be looking right. out for us. So, I like that story, my friend. I, I yep. really, really do, because that means a lot for me. Because I knew your daddy, you know. And, that's right. And, and knowing, you know that that that's probably one of the coolest things I've heard. Yep. It uh, it was something, and so I killed that deer, and I'm like, my gosh, man, I don't. I'll never kill a deer bigger than that. You know, I said, it definitely won't be as cool as that, you know, like that happening. So we get through and, um, and so the next year comes around and I'm like, man, I can't wait to get to Kansas, man. Like (laughs) this is my second year. And I done told myself, I said, I probably won't kill nothing. I said, but I killed something last year. I'm good. As long as somebody else will kill, I'm, I'm ready to go. And we get there. And I think the first trip, you know, when I killed at eight point, I killed like on the third day we was there. So it was a pretty quick hunt. I didn't have to hunt a whole, you know, like a whole week, you know, to kill one. So this time I think I hunted about six days and I got to thinking, I said, well, I guess I won't kill one this time. I said, I didn't, I hadn't really seen much, you know, or whatnot. And, uh, so one morning got in from hunting. And me and another buddy, I said, man, I'm about to take me a nap. I'm tired. He said, me too. So he goes get in his room. I get in my room and uh, I fall asleep. And boy, uh, wasn't long. It woke me up and it was time to get up anyway. But I was sitting there asleep and went to dreaming. 
and uh, I can't tell you where we was. All I remember, we was in a hay pasture, a big hay barn, and for whatever reason, I was in the pasture walking up to the hay barn. And uh, I walked up to that hay barn, and I and in the hay barn was uh, sitting in two lawn chairs with my daddy and my granddaddy. And I didn't tell this earlier, but my granddaddy had passed away shortly after my daddy. And um, boy, I walked up in there. I remember it. Uh, walked up in there. I said, "What y'all doing here? You know, what are y'all doing here? Where, where have y'all been? You know, in my dream, I was confused." And uh. They said, oh, we've been here. We've been here the whole time. Where are you been, you know? And uh, I woke up squalling then. Woke up squalling, thinking, golly, boy. Dang, they, they, they done got me crying in here all by myself. I'm trying to go deer hunting. Well, for whatever reason, I told myself then, I said, man, I said, that, that dream was a sign. I said, I, I feel like I'm going to do something this evening. And sure enough, I went hunting that evening. And a 156-inch 10-point coming out, about 30 yards. And by God, I drew back on him. It was one in bam, bam deals. He jumped out trying to run a doe, and I jerked that thing back and let it go. And it happened to hit where it needed to, you know. And uh, found that deer, got it over top of it, went to squalling, thinking about daddy again, you know. Just I, I've got a, a real, a real hard tie to bow hunting and daddy because you know i mean for as long as i've ever had a bow he was the one showing me right from wrong and working on it when when needed working on you know and and the bow i actually shoot now is one that that he had rigged out at mckinney's uh for his for himself that you know richie and him would let him rig one out he could hunt with it but if somebody come up there wanting one he could sell it and rig him another one out well and this was a jam up deal too. Um, after Daddy passed away, they had that bow on display at, at his wake, and uh, so I, it was time to take it back to McKinney's. And I walked up there and talked to uh, Richie and Brady, and I said, uh, "I said here, here's this bow, you know." They said, "All right, Joseph. Well, thank you, you know." And I looked at him and said, "Well, I said uh, if it's at all possible, whatever Daddy's got in this bow or what." Well, however much I want for this bow, I said, Daddy was the last one to physically touch this bow as far as any kind of screw being turned on it. I said, uh, whatever it costs, I want it no matter what, you know. And um, they, uh, they, 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 they did me as right as anybody ever has in my life. They, they, they uh, sold me that bow for well under what it was worth. You know, and um, they told me, they said, man, your daddy was was a dang good guy and uh, and has did a lot for us up here. And uh, I told him, I said, I know he could have been hard to be around sometimes when he got ill or whatever else. But but even then, they both told me, they said, man, your daddy was a good man and, and, and he has worked wonders up here at this place. And, uh, I, and, you know, we appreciate him. And I told him, I said, man, y'all don't understand how much I appreciate this. And so that's the bow I still hunt with, and that's the bow I've killed them uh, three deer with in Kansas. You know, the dreams. I can relate. I lost my mother in 2017. Yes, sir. And I've had two dreams about my mother. And it's uh, and it's usually during times of distress, you know, when I've yeah. got a lot on my plate or I've got something significantly going on. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's their way of of letting us know again, you know, hey, we're, I'm here. Don't worry right. about it. You do your thing. Yep. I'm watching over you. And man, That's I'm right. sitting here when you told me that, brother. I got chills because um, I've yeah. been there. I've woke up squalling. I have. Um, it has <laughs> happened to me. And you're exactly yes, right. I mean, it the 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 emotions is what wakes yep. you up. And it's almost right. as if you're. You're wanting to go back to sleep so you can see it some more. I know it. I, uh, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. God, man. Whew, yeah. Boy, you got me all 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it. I know it. it. It gets you bad. That's why I want this podcast right here, man. This this <laughs> real, this real relatable. I know there's somebody out there listening to it right now that's yes, relating sir. to what you and I are talking to. We're talking about. Yes, they sir. know. They've been there. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, so <laughs> this deer, this deer here, let's talk about him. Talk right. to me about your history with this deer. All right, well, uh, hunting, you know, right there I'm hunting, and um, I don't have no whole lot of land that I'm hunting on where a buddy of mine through the woods. Uh, me and him, dating back to that 10-point I killed, he had – you know, a couple years of pictures of that deer. Now, this was before me and him talked, you know, I killed the deer and, uh, you know, pictures got out on it or whatever. And he texted me, he said, Hey, you, you, uh, you know, you killed deer. Congratulations. I, I want to see it, you know? And well, that deer right there sparked off mine and his relationship as far as hunting wise. Okay. Ever since that deer, seven years ago, every year, early season, late season, it don't matter. He sends me pictures of what he's got as far as deer, and then I'll text him and be like, well, this is all I got, you know. And and uh, so he tells me, he said, well, I'm sure all these deer be over on you for long, so just be ready, you know, that's, that's what's coming. Because it seemed like all his deer, he'd have, you know, a bunch of good bucks. Would By the time it got ready for the rut they just slowly meander on over here to my place and run does all over my place for whatever reason and um so last year luke had been telling me his name is luke luke had been telling me he said oh man he's a he's another big deer in here um you know be be looking for him and i said well you know what's he look like he sent me a picture of a big frame nine point and i knew that i said gosh dog that's the that's the biggest deer I've ever seen come through here. And um, so I've been waiting all year for him to show up. Well, he never did. And uh, I was coming back from Kansas, and I was just bow hunting, and but I had all my cameras running. And uh, showing up into December, right, at, right before January, that big joker showed up on my camera eating corn out of a, a 350-pound boss buck feeder. And I said, good night. So instantly I sent it to him. I said, you must have run out of corn. I said, because he's over here eating my corn. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm, you know, he was, he uh, runs deer dogs, uh, you know, so that's the time of year they, they were running wide open, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, he said, get him if you can, because I'm, I'm running dogs. I ain't, you know, I ain't even around there, whatnot. And I said, hi, you know, so I, I and at, by the time he started coming in, it was right there at muzzleloader season and bow season. And, and honestly, I'd done killed a few deer. And I, at, by that latest season, I, I ain't too terribly worried about them, really. You know, I ain't that mad at them like I am early season. And so he, he went on still eating, and, and uh, I watched him uh, – on camera you know drop his horns right there i think he dropped them like the first week of february and i called luke i said hey he dropped both sets of horns you ready to go look for him he said yeah so me and him uh got out we pulled up in there and this is the first time he'd ever been on my place and i showed him i said well that right up there now that's where i shot that 10 point years ago he said good night you know just showing him the layout and anyway we we cut out through them woods and went from where i was getting pictures of him at to where he was and looking at how dark chocolate horns those was and we was going through that oak bottom and all and crud we'd have had to step right on them to find them you know right yeah because they are and, and and folks i know you're gonna have a thumbnail but i don't think pictures do this deer really justice on how dark these this set of horns are i mean it the contrast between the skull that you brought in attached to the the rack is just <laughs> oh my goodness gracious yeah it makes them really stand out <laughs> yeah it really does but um so we we backed out and we're like well whatever i guess you know we tried and uh so naturally after that i've totally forgot about that deer is 
getting time for turkey hunting and fishing and all that kind of good stuff. Right. So yeah. I ain't thought about him until, I don't know, sometime in September, I was throwing out corn and everything else. And I think I seen Luke at the gas station and he was getting corn or something. He said, well, I'm going to go throw some out, see what's happening, you know. And it wasn't a couple weeks after that I seen him again out somewhere. And he told me, he said, uh, well, he's still in there. I said, no. He said, he sure is big. <laughs> I said, no, man. He said, he's bigger. I said, good night. I knew he was big last year. And he sent me a picture of him in velvet. And, you know, velvet makes everything look bigger than it is already. Oh, absolutely. And I said, golly. And I thought to myself then, I said, well, I'll never kill him. Because if he comes, if he waits till January to come again, I, I'll never even, I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to kill him, you know. But I told Luke, I said, well, look, I said, you know how they do. I said, you better get him early before he tries to go. Because Luke's place was what I call his home. You know, that's where he was majority of the year. Right. And uh, the only time he left was to go check those or run those or whatever else. Well, he, uh, I think he hunted him several times and, and uh, never really seen him. Or maybe he eluded him once. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one of them kind of deals and he also runs dogs in arkansas so he told me he said all right i'm going for arkansas for a week or whatever he said you 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 it's all up to you now and i at this point i still didn't have a picture of him well uh, and i was still running cameras i'd been bow hunting the whole time seeing some young bucks you know not really nothing extravagant and uh I was hunting over there one evening and um, got off the bow stand and whatnot. I done seen books running does and I get headed back to the house and uh, my camera goes off on that box stand. I don't know, you know. Um, at this point, it was hour after dark or so and there's a bunch of does there and I said, yeah, boy. I said, y'all eat it up. I can't wait for y'all to get hot and y'all bring something through there, you know. And uh, and a little while later, another picture, and it, I, I knew it was that book. It was a blurry picture, but it was a tall rack book coming in. Next picture I got, he was running them does off, and then I could see 100% then it was that big deer that Fraley had showed me, and I said, Lord Jesus. I said, he ain't never been here this early. I said, if – uh. If I got a chance, any at all, it'll be tomorrow, you know, because he was coming in to my land right there. Yeah, because he's right on those does. And, uh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. If you've got a chance, it's going to be just as quick as you get in the woods with daylight. That's right. And so, boy, I said, Dad, gum. And I was going to a buddy's house to eat supper that night. I said, dang. I said, I got to get there and get home. I got to get up and do, you know, get up early, whatever. Well, I hung out there naturally till probably 10, 11 o'clock. And when I woke up that next morning, I said, man, I'm tired. I said, but I ain't, I am going. So I woke up and I got all my stuff and I got in that gun safe. And like I said, I had been bow hunting predominantly ever since I got back from Kansas. I haven't shot a rifle this year. I hadn't zeroed one in. Now, they were all supposed to be good from last year, but, you know, I cleaned all of my guns but one last year because I hadn't shot it much. So I was like, well, I'm just going to grab this one I didn't clean. I know it should it should still be hitting like it should be, you know. Right. should still be sighted in because I ain't cleaned it. So, you know, you know, grab the gun, slip in there, and uh, cool, kind of misty morning. It just got through raining that Saturday. And that next morning, it cooled off a little bit. And I said, boy, ain't no way I'm going to sit here and not see a deer. I'm going to see every deer I got in this country. And, um, oh, my gosh, I hadn't seen a deer. And a buddy of mine sends me a picture. He done shot him a 10-point with his bow running a doe that morning. I said, my gosh, where's my does? And where's these bucks running these songs? I know they ought to be. And uh, so he was tore up about it. So I, I ain't lying to you. I shut the windows on my box stand. And um, 
I, I grabbed my phone. I, uh, I started talking to him. He said, he said, you still hunting? I said, yeah, but I got the window shut in my stand. I said, I can talk to you now. And he got to laugh and he said, well, he gave me the whole rundown. And I told him, congratulations, man. Awesome. I said, look, when I get off the stand, uh, I'm coming to it. I'm going to see it. He said, all right, well, I'll be at my daddy's house. I said, okay. Well, hung up the phone, opened the windows back up and, uh, sitting there looking, still ain't seen a deer. And I was just like, man, I said, I guess they're going to move midday. I said, I'm going to sit here until at least noon. And uh, rocked on there a little while, and I looked down that shooting lane, and here he started out of the woods, or he was already started out of the woods when I seen him, like 65 yards from that box stand. Brand new box stand me and my dad-in-law just built. Hey, uh, hey, how long after the conversation on the phone did you see? I'm going to say – I would really have to look back at my my phone. Well, just ballpark. I haven't really how, looked, how long but do you I'm get? ballparking around about thirty minutes. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. that's what I'm ballparking. It might not been that long. I really don't know. I don't think it was no longer than that though. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, and that deer started coming out, and I knew I seen it with my naked eye. I said, "My gosh, what a deer!" So I never looked at uh his horns again. I grabbed that rifle, stuck it out that window. And I hollered at him to stop him. And when he stopped, he was starting to go in the woods on the opposite side. And I shot. Dum! And he bucked up. And when he went down on his front end, he, his legs just buckled. And he kicked off the edge of that shooting lane. And, boy, I was tore up. I still had that gun out the window looking. You know, I said, boy, if you come back by, I'm going to lay down on you again. You know, That's right. Give and, him another uh, one. Oh, yeah. It had me tore up. And so instantly it was probably one minute after i pulled the trigger if it was that long i called my buddy that just shot that 10 point and i said hey man you'll never believe it i said but i just shot a big buck he said we just got off the phone i ain't even got my deer out the woods yet i said i ain't lying to you cuz it's a big one and he said well did you hit him good i said i had to i said last thing i seen was that front shoulder and when i lit that thing off and he got to laugh, and he said, well, look, just give him a little time and uh, let me know. I said, okay. So called my wife. I said, and as soon as she answered, she said, you get him? I said, baby, I think I did. And she got all excited. I said, look, calm down now. I said, I, I got to go look for him first. I might, I, ain't no way I missed, but I want to make sure I didn't. And uh, so she said, all right, baby, let me know. So I think I give him all in all, maybe 10 minutes, probably eight six whatever it wasn't long after i shot I <laughs> let's just help. be honest you unloaded your rifle you gathered your stuff and you got out of sand yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah well i can't even lie to you i didn't even unload my rifle because i didn't want him to get away from me i know that's and right just in case so i slipped down out of that box stand and like i told all my buddies i was slipping down that shooting lane looking like elmer fudd <laughs> i had that thing draw <laughs> you, you had know, him had long stepping <laughs> oh yeah slipping you know real quiet and um i had to walk up and down like i said he wasn't 65 yards from where uh my box stand was why well, didn't see any blood and i said oh surely and uh I, i'll go ahead and tell you this little backstory i didn't i've got a you know i'm gonna say a pretty decent blood trailing dog well i've tracked you know a lot of deer for a lot of folks right here in this community and uh, I was picking at them, you know, one day. I said, y'all a bunch of no-shooting zone guns. You know it. And they got to laughing and said, you'll be there one day. I said, oh, yeah, I'm just messing with y'all. But I looked at myself. I said, I'm going to have to go get my dog and put it on my deer finally. But I haven't had one, had to track one. She hadn't had to track a deer for me yet, luckily, but I know it's coming. I said, well, this will be the one. I said, whatever. I guess I'll have to bite the bullet and go get her. And I uh, looked off in the woods. I found his track finally, and I found where he was tilling up that them leaves going up through them woods. Yeah. And I probably took two steps in the woods, and I looked, and there that big joker was laying. Oh man. Yeah. And that's when I got weak legged and went to calling folks. Probably had a squealy, squealy mouth voice, you know, when I was telling them what I did. You know, one of them kind of deals. Yeah, your voice went up a little bit, didn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, and they didn't know what I, they said, hold on, slow down. What, what happened now? You know? You know, man, yeah. I got to be honest with you, and I'm just going to, how special 
would it have been to be able to call your daddy or your granddaddy? Oh man, uh, I can tell you. Uh, me and my wife was talking about that the other day uh, when we was at KM. She said, "I bet you your daddy would have loved to be up here." I said, "Yep," and I said it had been some old school, like back when I played baseball in high school, when I had just like an epic game, you know, didn't have no errors, hit good, everything was good. Daddy would like get so pumped up. He'd be chest bumping me, slapping my hands, just red faced. He's so excited. I said it'd have been one of them kind of deals. If right up in the middle of K and M, if if he'd have been there and seen seen or heard you say one seventy four and three eights. Well, I'm glad you, dude. You segued perfect to that because what I want to do right now is I want to play a uh, a clip because we go Facebook Live at K and M. That's right. And thank goodness, Marcy Cavanaugh, the one of the owners of K&M, she went out and she bought us some lapel mics so yeah. that when we go Facebook Live, people can hear us talking. Uh-huh. And so we, we scored your deer. And when we said 174, you know, and, and just a few minutes after that, a few seconds after that, you know, it's just, you know, y'all were talking, the place just erupted. And I want, yeah. I want the listeners to hear exactly what happened i mean this is a now guys keep in mind listeners keep in mind this is a this is a sporting goods store that has a restaurant in it a little cafe and so there's the cafe's full of folks i mean it's full of people and so i want you to listen to the 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 people who got excited for joe y'all listen to this all right folks good as a scoreable one, two, three, uh, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, hey. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen point. That's it right there on your phone? Yeah. As a score with thirteen point, I came up with one seventy four and three eighths. I promise. One seventy four. God dog. All right, Joe. So um to, this weekend? Yeah. Me and you gonna talk. All right. For the podcast I got. All, All right. right, that'll work. All right. That'll so work. I got the I got to score one of these. That's what I'm talking about, baby. One fifty six. I told y'all Lincoln Parish folks. One seventy four and three eighths. One fifty six. Point seventy five. One seventy four and three eighths. Like his uh his one of his beams was 27 and 7 eighths, but he had 174 and 3 eighths. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, I can't believe that, Alright, Joe. I'm glad you brought that dude up here. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, Joe, turn him right there. Just right. Just right. That'll work. All right, cuz, I need you. Where's your school shoot at? Right here. Joe is a celebrity. Fill that right there out. And then sign right there. Look at that autograph. Appreciate it. Hey, that's a horse, cuz. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. So, Joe, tell me, how did that feel when when those people got that excited for you? Well... I'll give it. I'll give it to him from the first time I seen that number pop up on your phone. When I was looking, uh, I was watching you tally all that up, and I was thinking to myself, "Man, I know he's gonna be in the in the high sixties. I know it, man." And I was just like, "If he's anywhere in the sixties, that's better than anything I've killed in Kansas anyway. So it don't, I don't matter." And when that number popped up on your phone, one se- all I seen was one seventy four, and I said, "That's wrong. <laughs> there ain't no." I said, no, he mislicked it, and uh, I couldn't stand it no more. And I, you was talking, and I interrupted you. I'm sorry. That's fine. But I said, 
that's what he scores on your phone right there? And you said, that's what he scores, Joe. And I couldn't help it. I looked out there to everybody that was there for me, all my friends and family. And I said, 174. And all their jaws just hit the ground. They said my eyes was big as a cue ball and my face done got red. I ain't lying. I got hot. I had to take my vest off. I didn't. I was like, man, this is <laughs> blowing me out of the water. And then when you announced it to the whole place, it was just like, just, I mean, I couldn't believe it, man. Like when everybody got to hooping and hollering, I said, my gosh, I guess this happens all the time when somebody brings, you know, a good sized deer up here. And man, everybody there was like, just like, just, I mean, people I didn't know was clapping and hollering. And naturally I had, I had a, the home, the home crowd there that I had a bunch of people there that knew me and, that was proud for me, you know, and, and it just all kind of made it into one whole uproar, you know, and, uh, man, I, it was unbelievable. It really was. I, I mean, you know, and, and there's so many people that's told me after this, like, man, that's special because, you know, not, it's not many times where most everybody that you come up to or talk to or that don't even know you is proud for you that you killed that, you know, killed a, a, deer of a lifetime basically yeah i will i'm gonna let you know you had some guys there from union parish that are of your daddy's generation my yep. dad scotty booth bruce Patton, um justin bailey's dad there were several guys there that were i mean they were part of that clapping and hooping and carrying on because that's, yes sir that's that old school generation that don't that's right they don't they don't they 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 want they just as happy for you as if they had killed it. That's right. Yep. And that, my friend, you you had that was the coolest thing I think I've experienced at K and M. We do that scoring every Thursday night, folks. You can That's look right. at it. You can go like K and M Coffee Corks and Camo. You can watch it on Facebook Live, and I can almost guarantee you, you ain't gonna hear what Joe got that night. You know, people will score deer, and and people say good job and whatnot like that. But to get Folks hollering and clapping and and genuinely proud, yeah, for a fellow hunter. Man, you know that that's what it's about, Joe. Yes, sir. I'm gonna tell you because that that did my heart so good. That boy that scores what helps me, John Duncan. John is yep. From, he helps me. He's from Mississippi. He's a transplant over here in Sterling. <laughs> I got you. He's one of my good friends. And after you left and after everybody had gone, me and him were just standing there. He said, you want me to tell you something? He said, that was the coolest thing I think I've ever experienced here. Yep. And I told him, I said, John, I think you're right. And I said, that was that's what hunting is supposed to be about right there. Oh, for sure, 100%. I'm going to tell you, because you, you got some good family. You got some good friends. You got some good support. And, and man, I hope you kill a pile more of them, just like what you killed with him. <laughs> it might take, I don't know, seven, eight years, but I'll, I'll take them odds. Yeah. I'll take them odds any day. So, what did Jay, now Jason Cooper, did he have any words of, of wisdom for you? On on this on this deer? Yeah, or any of them, man. Is he? Oh, oh yeah. No, he's... His uh, one of the more, more truer statements he's ever said. He said, uh, "He said every time you go to that deer stand and you don't see him, you, your chances is getting better." He said, "You've got to, you've got to hunt. You know, which everybody knows that you got to hunt to kill him. You know, you've got to be there. You got to put in the, the hours and and all that to hunt him. You know." And he said, "The the uh, every time we go hunting, he said, uh, the more chances or the more times you go in there and you don't see him, he said, your chances are getting better. He said, he going to slip up one day, you know, whether you hunting here, Kansas or, or Nebraska, wherever you go, you know? So, so I've got your score sheet. I've just pulled it up on my phone mm -hmm. and I want to tell folks this deer's a 13 point. Okay. He's got three irregular points and they aren't really big. I, I think the longest one is three and a half inches long, three and four eighths. The next one's three inches, and then there's one that's an inch and a half. So he's got nine, exactly nine inches of irregular points. And yep. the rest of them are symmetrical points or typical points. You've got a right main beam that's tw over 25 inches. It's 25 and two eighths. You've got a left main beam that is 
almost 28 inches. It's 27 and 7 eighths. You know, and then you've got a tine that's eight, uh, 10 and 3 eighths on the right side, and then one, the longest one on the other side, is 9 and 4 eighths. And the rest of them are pretty regular, you know, 8, 7, that's right. 5, that's right. yeah. you know, this What sets this deer apart is the mass measurements. Mm-hmm. Every mass measurement. All eight. All the way out. Were over four inches. The smallest mass measurement was four and an eighth. The largest, (laughs) his bases, one, the right side base was five and seven eighths. The left side base was four and seven eighths. Mm -hmm. And then it just goes on from there. I mean, it's just without the inside spread, it's 156 and six eighths. Had a, had a, Hold on, let my old man's calling me. Dad gummit. Uh-huh. I hit the wrong darn button. You would know, <laughs> you would know Griswold would call in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> That's about right, ain't it? Yeah. <sighs> right. When it went off, I said, surely I didn't hit nothing. No, it was me. You know, iPhone, <laughs> I gotta ha- I gotta tell the folks at Apple. And I know ain't nobody at Apple listening to this, but you got to make it a little bit easier to decline a call because they've got so many buttons flash up. I'm like, what are we going to do? Oh, That's my right. God. All right, so look. So like I said, the base is five and seven-eighths. Next base is four and seven-eighths, and then they just go from there. 156 and six-eighths bone. That's Straight bone. That's straight right. bone. 156 inches of bone. Then you pull in that inside measurement. 17 and 5 eighths. That's where you get that 174 and 3 eighths. Cause, whoo, Lord Jesus. That's a big boy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just like everybody I was talking to, I mean, they said, man, that is a deer of a lifetime. And, and, uh, one old boy told me a scene and he said, I don't know if you know it really yet, but he said, that is, uh, I know everybody's been telling you, he said, but that, I'm telling you, that's a deer of a lifetime. I said, man, I know he's a good one. And, uh, and I know I've had nothing but, you know, good good feedback from everybody as far as me killing it. And I said, but it's been super special, you know. It's a, it's definitely one that you can't forget all the all the, the stuff that's happened as far as, you know, just everybody the the temperament of everybody since I've, you know, killed it. I mean it's just been it's been next to none, you know. Well I'm gonna tell you, man, I just this whole interview has been really special to me dude i you know i didn't know you know i knew your dad had passed away Mm -hmm. it had no idea about all the other stuff that went along with it yes sir and i there's a connection i I mean i personally joe i'll be honest with you i i I knew you've been knowing you for a little while and i think that uh i think I, i got a stronger connection to you now when i see you because you and i have been through similar stuff in the last couple years Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, I'm going to tell you, man, you know, when you were talking about that dream with your daddy and your granddaddy and how it woke you up, because I was, I've been there. I have been there. It's a good feeling and it's a bad feeling. Oh, yes. At the time, you're like, golly, I'm squalling. But like, Darren, like you said, you want to go back to sleep so you can see, you know, see him again. It's different. Like, you know, you see pictures and you think about them, you know. But like when you're in a dream, you know, a lot of dreams is like it's real life. You know, it's like, golly, like, darn, can I just like hug y'all real quick or something, you know? And yeah. And when you wake up and you're like, man, like you said, you want to go back to sleep so you can see him again, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the it's the weirdest, you know, and if you've never experienced it, you know, part of me wants to say, I hope you never experience it. And then and part That's of me right. is like, I hope you do because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. Dude, it's one of the coolest things, you know, it's one of the coolest things. And for him to, and I know when you saw that deer, the big one that you're, that mm. you, you know, he and your granddaddy, you know, were, were part of your thoughts. Yeah. Well, buddy, sure. Hey, look, man, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. Come on and talk to us. This is going to be, it's, I say it, dude, I say it all the time. This is my favorite podcast. This is probably going to be my, <laughs> for sure, this is one of my tops, you know. Uh, you got such a good story. You've got such a, such a good story. And well, I, I really, I, I really appreciate you. Listening you. To it. Hey, I'd, I'll listen to it. <laughs> I'd listen to it a hundred more times if I could. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, uh, it does. It means a lot to me. And, uh, and like I said, that environment up there at K&M was just, 
next to none, man. Like I said, I'll never forget it. And, uh, and, uh, this has been, this has been a good deal right here. Well, look, cuz I thank you. You have your good evening. And, uh, I hope you can listen to this and, and, and be proud of it. I'm going to do all I can to make it something good for you. Shoot. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate it. I really do. All right, dude. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did recording it. It has been a privilege for me the last two days to work on this podcast, trying to make this one something special. Sunday before I talk with Joe, and, and I know religion is is personal for everybody, but I went, you know, I go to church and, and I walked into church house and I just said a quick prayer. I said, God, please give me something out of this message. And let me tell you, it was spot on for this podcast. The preacher talked about what he's been doing the last few weeks as he's been breaking down movies and talking about the spiritual aspect in movies. We went over one of the great, great movies, Christmas movies of all time, a one, It's a Wonderful Life. And so I'm sitting here, and at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, Clarence, you know, if you remember the movie, George opens up the letter, the little card from Clarence, and it says... No man is a failure who has friends. And I'm going to tell you something. Joe Simmons' life will never be a failure. He has such good friends in his life, such good people in his life. We should all strive not only to have friends like Joe Simmons has, but to be the friend that Joe Simmons is. Joe, thank you for letting me be a part of this. This is an extra special deer for me. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Guys, my name is Greg Hicks. This is the Antlers and Hicks podcast. And as always, I'm encouraging you to live your life past 20 yards. We'll see you next time.